in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Welcome to Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo. I'm here with Jordan Fox on what was supposed to be a joyous part two of Mitch Mo's two-week house party. I just can't be joyous. I'm watching this A's game right now. We're down 5-1 in the bottom of the seventh. A's are playing rough right now. Why can't we win a playoff game, Jordan? You guys are in rough shape right now, buddy. I'm sorry. I feel bad, bad for you. Day. It's been rough. Yeah, we won 97 up a, games. Giving up a leadoff games. home run is not the way you want to start a wild card game. Two to the same guy. Two and three innings. Yandy Diaz goes yard twice. It's, uh, Garcia hits one, 437. Dead center. Not the we, way you we, want to start you know, the podcast. We've been, in this world, we've been in this wild card game four out of the seven years it's been in action. And we can't get past the wild card game, and it just it. Uh, it it's I, not over I'm yet. I'm ready buddy. to. It's not over yet. I'm ready. I'm ready to take this A's jersey off. Just throw my Bears one on. Just submit to the fact that it's football season, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about today, guys. Welcome back in to the Sports Hour. Mitch Mo here with our guest host for a second week in a row, Mr. Jordan Fox. Jordan, welcome back. Howdy, howdy, buddy. And howdy, howdy, man. And uh, he's back here filling in for Dallin. Dallin will be back next week. He is finishing up his vacation with his wife over in Peru. Travel safely back, Dallin and Caitlin. Uh, can't wait to have you guys back and hear all about your fabulous trip over there in Peru. But today, right now, this recording taking place on October 2nd, a Wednesday, we are going to get into some stuff. We're going to get into our week for recap, we have some intriguing games across the NFL. We also have some news to cover. We're going to co- talk about the Vontez Perfect situation, the uh, the pay-to-play situation in the state of California, the bill getting pl- passed for collegiate players to get paid for their name and likeness um, and, and, while being technically amateur athletes. We're going to get into that a little bit. Jordan is going to take over the top five list of the week this week. You ready for that? Oh, I'm ready, man. Oh, I'm bringing he's it. So it's gonna ready. be good. Okay, I, I I'm expecting a lot here, man. This is this is an honor. This is the most popular segment across the female demographic of ages 45 to 89. It's you gonna have... be it's gonna be interesting. I'll just tell you oh. that much. It's gonna be in uh, an interesting week of Jordo's top five. Hey, it, you know what? I it takes a lot for me to pass over a a time honored tradition like that. I, I I have confidence that you will be able to uphold its integrity. Um, and following that, we're also going to get into our daily double up um, segments. 
Uh, you can also catch this podcast on our Daily Double Up channel on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then we will round out this episode with our quick picks. But Jordan. Yes, sir. What does helmet-to-helmet contact, paying amateur players, and a wild week four in the NFL all have in common? Uh, I think it might have something to do with the news. You're damn... Dallin never gets this question right. You are absolutely correct. I come ready to go, Let's get to the news! All right, man, you already kind of talked about uh, the new segment we're going to have this week, but the first thing up is going to be this Vontez Burfik suspension. Uh, for those of you who watched the game on Sunday, there was a play where Vontez Burfik kind of comes flying in and did what Vontez Burfik does and laid a pretty solid helmet-to-helmet hit right on the crown. Um, and the NFL is taking a hard stance against it this time and just said, you know what, you're done for the season, buddy. Slapped a season-long suspension on him, which Vontez Perfect is appealing. I don't think that's an appeal. He's probably end up going to uh, – I don't think he's going to win that one. I don't know how you feel about that, Mo. But, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, did you see the play, Mitch? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I did watch it. Um, I have a very, I guess, a unpopular opinion about those type of plays. It's like, what do you expect the guy to do? I mean – He's mid-flight and adjust his his flight pattern mid-flight when he has no control of his body at that point. Now, the a lot of people are pointing out the fact that the play was over. The play was over. It and they're acting as if the play was over for four seconds and then he came in and threw this hit. And that's not the case. The play was over for maybe a quarter of a second, which is definitely not enough time for a human being to react and change his flight and flying into a play. If you've ever been a football player, you know changing your path in that instant, coming in on a play like that, you're already flying into, is extremely difficult to do. I don't agree with the season-long suspension. Even though this based is a situation based on that we've one. seen, even though this is a situation we've seen play out uh, several times over the last few seasons with Vontez Perfect, like it's not as if this were a uh, one-time offense or or something from a guy that we don't see have on the field issues all the and, time. And, you know what I mean? And, and and that's where I'm going with this is is I don't agree with the season-long suspension. And if you're going to try to make an example of someone, I don't think Vontez Perfect is the right guy to do that to. Interesting. Because we've because we've seen it so many times with him, and that's why he gets the season long suspension if you see if you get it from a guy that's got a yeah has done it before and he's gotten a fine and maybe a one game suspension then you're making an example of someone but we almost expect this from Vontez perfect that's why i think he's the perfect guy to make an example of like why wouldn't you choose the guy who constantly does this and constantly just kind of throws a middle finger to this rule that the nfl has put in place as far as the crown of the helmet goes why wouldn't you make him the poster child for your, hey, listen, you can't do this anymore, and here's going to be like kind of the first step punishment post this new rule era. You know what I mean? Because like, I would ex- rather... Because we expect that, cause we expect that from, from any hit that Vontez Perfect makes, really, because he does this all the time. So then we just, as the NFL and NFL fans, let him do it, or what? No, but I, no, but I feel like... I don't, I don't really fully know how to explain this. I don't agree with the call that a guy should be suspended for this length of time, but because he was a repeat offender, I understand why they did it. Right, right. 
I don't. It, I don't think if. I don't think if. Uh, uh, who's another guy that does these types of dirty hits? In Dominican Sue previously did, was a was a guy Ndamukong notorious Ndamukong for this Sue, kind of thing. I was gonna say exactly if if uh, Dominican Sue comes in, makes this type of dirty hit, and they give him a season long suspension, then it's a little harsh. But Vontez Perfect has racked up more fines than any any NFL player by a long margin over the last five years, and so yeah, he deserve he deserves the full season suspension. It, it's a it's a sticky situation. I have a hard time explaining it. Yeah, it kind of is. The NFL is in a weird place right now with some of their rules as far as what is allowed and what's not, or like what's a catch and what is not a catch. Uh, but I think I'm I'm in the camp where I did think this play was entirely over and Vontez Perfect kind of came flying in unnecessarily. And I understand the argument to an extent of once a guy is already in flight coming at a guy, how does he change his path? But I think there's a very clear difference in NFL athletes can control themselves to the point where you either lead with the crown of your helmet or you lead with the shoulder pad. Um, and I think this was a hit, especially where we saw Vontez Burfick just fly in as a missile with the helmet clearly being the point of contact with which he wanted to make contact. Um, it, it did not look good at all. It looked like a classic Vontez perfect play that we've, uh, come to know and expect from, um, him. And I, I think, man, if you're going to keep throwing fines on a guy and he's not going to get the memo and he's just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, of course you have to escalate the, the punishment. So I, I expected the season long. Um, I'm not shocked that it came through. And like I said, I don't see him winning this appeal. I don't know how the NFL would possibly... Um, wipe this if not dial it back. So that's kind of yeah, where I'm I mean, at. I mean, there's dirty players and then there's Vontez Perfect. Yeah, hundred like, percent. I think there's I think there's two levels here because even dirty players or people that we classify as dirty players aren't shooting for the head intentionally. Right. I mean, that's that that's only damaging to yourself. You should never be shooting for the head. Yeah, it's just not a not a wise decision for you or your opponent. It's a very odd choice to make as a football player, I think. Well, yeah, and Vontez Perfect just isn't a wise person. Yeah, I guess that's where I we're mean, at. He, he's guess. an idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, and then, me, it, it really pissed me off care. to see him smile and kind of laugh and wave at the fans as he's running off the field. It's like, dude, have a little bit of self-awareness. You know, like... And the thing uh, is, uh, he was having a great year through the first three weeks. Like, right. And he was, he was, he was making some was moves great. that made it look he's, as if he were kind of turning around. Like when Antonio Brown had the blow up uh, at practice, and Vontez Perfect apparently was the guy that pulled him away from the fight. Like that's not not a super in character move for Vontez Perfect. So I don't know. I was hoping we were going to see a little bit of a turnaround, and then lo and behold, this happens on Sunday, and uh, all is normal with the world, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just on the on the path of NFL rules through the first four weeks. I just want to get your opinion. Do you like the challenging of pass interference? I think it has uh, created this weird dynamic where it's almost like in, in major league baseball where they had to make rules to speed up the game. It almost feels like, and I realize this is a stupid thing because it's such a small part of the overall game, but it feels like it makes the game so much longer because every single pass interference play or possible pass interference play, we spend 
25 to 45 seconds hearing the announcers talk about whether or not that was P.I. or say they do throw the flag and all of a sudden everybody's talking about was it P.I.? Are they going to throw the flag? And it's almost like 10 to 20 times a game we're hearing this conversation. So I, I think the idea overall is fine I as far as w- we want to get calls right, right? Like this is the NFL. We want to make sure we're getting calls right. We don't want games to go poorly because there was a missed call by a human official but uh i i haven't hated the new flag rule i haven't loved the new flag rule it just seems like a weird it just seems like it slowed the game down overall it's a really weird dynamic while you're watching yeah i mean it i i feel like it hasn't really slowed the game down as far as presentation wise goes because still even in the past it the announcers have just discussed whether or not it was good defense or pass interference um the problem I have is that it was supposed to clear plays up. Like this was, this was right. the goal in mind was like, it was supposed to make, you know, overturn a lot of plays that were past interference that are now, you know, that weren't past interference or vice versa. Right. Out of 20, it was like something I heard the other day. It was like 20 something plays, past interference plays have been challenged or non pass interference plays have been challenged uh-huh. out of those 20 something four as like four or five have actually been overturned. Yeah, so because there hasn't... It, it has to be egregious for you to overturn it. The hard thing about a PI call is that they're not often egregious. But a lot of them that have been egregious haven't been overturned, and it's and it goes back to the guys in New York. Do you have the right guy? At, what what the hell is his name? I, I can't. Even, his name's escaping me because he's that no irrelevant idea. of a person. Yeah, I have no idea. He's 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 that bad of his job. I can't even remember his name. You, you, I mean, I understand the egregious call, but like even egregious calls aren't being overturned because they're still putting the reliance on the guys on the field. So why are we having this replay review when you're still trusting the guys on the field to make the call? Why, why even, why even spend the extra three minutes trying to t- determine whether it was a call or not? If more often than not, you're not even going to overturn it. Yeah, I think this is a, a rule that we will see kind of iron itself out as we go. Uh, the NFL has kind of a notorious history of creating new rules, and then it takes a couple seasons to really iron out the kinks as far as the officials go, as far as the coaches figuring out and that kind of thing. So I think this is just going to be a season where we see some messy PI calls still. The flags are going to be uh, misused, and we're going to have to hear about it 20 times every game. But uh, I think this is good for the game overall. We want to see uh, correct officiating, whether it goes for our team or not. Um, but I, I think this will get figured out, and it will become just a normal part of football. And when that happens, I think it will be a good thing. But for now, uh, we're just going to have to endure the the kind of messy play as far as the challenge flags go. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, and I, I, I honestly do think you're right. I do think you're right there. We'll just have to. Wait this one out for a few years and st- see if it's still worth it at the end of it. Um, let's transition into our other big news story. California passing a bill that allows collegiate players to make money off endorsements, uh, the use of their player names and their likeness. Um, California so far the only state, to my knowledge, that has passed this bill. Um, and that there is going to be a national bill proposed very, very soon for the same uh, thing. Jordan, I, give me the details. What's the details of this thing? And give me your unfiltered opinion. 
So yeah, it's, it's the Fair Play to Pay Act uh, got signed on Monday in the state of California, basically saying that college athletes can uh, be paid via sponsorships and uh, things like when they appear in the NCAA video games and that kind of thing. So when their likeness is appearing, they can get royalties off that and, and that sort of thing rather than it going uh, and getting kicked back right to the university. I wish I had a stronger opinion on this than I do, Mitch. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle where I can see the argument for both sides and I don't feel particularly strongly either way. On one hand, I see uh, kind of the Tim Tebow argument that he that he made a little while ago of, listen, you're given the opportunity to play the sport you love for the university you love, and that's a huge opportunity in and of itself. And not only that, but you're also on the biggest stage and platform for professional scouts to see you and that sort of thing. And so all of those things together should equal a positive enough experience that you don't need to be paid. And I can understand that viewpoint, but I also understand the other side where we have a lot of kids playing sports at the collegiate level now that come from homes uh, that could not provide for them in uh, the way that they would be able to by receiving money from royalties and sponsorships and that sort of thing. So that's very important money to them. Um, I also don't think it's fair that the NCAA athletes uh, appear in video games and and don't see anything for that. Um, whereas if you go anywhere else and you're playing pro games, of course they're getting kickbacks for that, but it's no difference, exact same format for almost the exact same game. Um, the other thing I can understand is these colleges are, are receiving billions and billions and billions of dollars off of these players themselves. Um, and so I can understand the players wanting to get a little bit of that kick back their direction. Um, so I don't know, Mo, I realize that's a very, uh, wishy-washy hot, cold kind of response, but I can see both sides. I don't feel particularly strongly either way. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm glad kids are getting paid, so I guess that puts me on on the the side of believing that they should have been all along, even though I don't feel crazy strongly that way. So yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of in a weird middle place. How do you feel about it? I I'm I'm kind of you know where you kind of shade to one side, but are kind of dead center. I'm kind of dead center and shade to the other side just a little bit. Um, you know, first of all, the the video games never use their names. They they either used auto generated names or simply just their number, um, and if you're getting, I mean, it, so that argument to me is a mute point. Um, as far as you know, I I'd like to see these lower income families who who uh, you know an individual from that family has worked hard to put themselves in this position and they they get this money from endorsement. I like to see families live well. I like to see the families that that haven't um, maybe financially been in a great spot throughout their entire lives uh, be put in a better spot because someone from their inv- from their family has worked hard and put themselves in a position where they can get this endorsement money from different sponsors and, and help provide for their families. Um, but it takes away, it takes away for me the legitimacy of the amateur athlete. I, and I, and I, and I side with Tim Tebow on this in that, you know, they, they're given the biggest platform to perform in front of all these scouts and all this, all this, you know, they have all this potential um, landing spots for them to, to look at them on the, on the biggest stage possible. They're televised. Um, you know, there, there's just, man, I'm having a hard time putting words together because it's, it's such a complex 
situation. Yeah, it's it's sticky and it raises a few questions. So you you said that the the video game argument was somewhat mute because they don't uh, they don't use names or or technically likeness. Uh, do you still feel like it's kind of an irrelevant point, even though the colleges themselves are making money off of these games? Yeah, that's I don't where think the colleges. I don't think the colleges themselves should be using should be making money off these games. Because so, that's where I kind of uh, uh, tend to venture left. Is I can get with your argument of well, they don't use names or technical likenesses, so whatever, don't pay them. But if the colleges are actually going to make money off it, and the kids are not, when the kids are also in the game, if not more than the colleges themselves, it just it's it's a weird uh, dynamic of how much do the colleges owe the players? Because if it is just the experience is good enough and that's all the college owes the players that's fine i get that but because the colleges are making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of these kids i can also uh empathize and and kind of wish that they would make a little bit of that chunk back if that makes sense yeah i mean maybe the maybe more of that goes back into the athletic programs i'm not sure um right they they have to make it back somehow the colleges should not be fully benefiting off this in my opinion they shouldn't because one they didn't make the game two i mean all they did was provide their logo and some of them provide their fight song i yep. mean that's all they did right yep. so and maybe player um, numbers or whatever maybe what was that maybe player numbers like i think the the college games use accurate player numbers and like skin tone but and they sure, don't use anything else yeah and if you're i mean if you're a sports fan you could honestly you know you could connect the dots. Oh, yeah, the white quarterback number seven from Michigan is Chad Henney. Right. Yeah, like I understand right. who that is. Oh, yeah, the white left-handed quarterback from Florida is Tim Tebow. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, as far as likeness goes, and that's kind of where they dodged that that whole thing, the likeness thing, is they just left the name out and they used the number. Oh, yeah, it was a um, huge loophole for years. Yeah. Um, and I, I still think that loophole uh, – hold strong i don't think that it you know, they're not naming the guy tim tebow in the game they're naming it number 15 quarterback from florida right but you know it's it's a it's a tough it's a tough situation to walk it's a, or a tough situation to talk about it's a sticky situation um we'll have this conversation again probably next week with Dallin when he comes back um and it, it's man it, it's a tough one i i i know there's going to be a lot of people out there that are very far one way and very far the other. Um, I feel like you and I are, are, are pretty good at seeing both sides of things. Um, and I think on this situation, we both see the uh, both sides of the, of the argument and it, it, it's a, it's a tough, yeah, tough I mean, conversation it, to, to have. Listen, what it comes down to is who is this benefiting? It's benefiting the student and it's, not benefiting the university. The university already has billions of dollars. The student does not. And so if we're going to look at it that way, I, I count it as a win given that this is a win for the students who are already poor and paying this college billions, or I guess they're not. They're on scholarship probably. But Well, let, well, let's, well let's, talk about, let's talk about the students that are there on academic scholarships. Sure. What about the students that are there on academic scholarships that maybe don't come from well-to-do families? Sure. And that, you know... They don't necessarily make the the nest. You know, they don't necessarily make, or they do make in a, in a different way. The university millions of dollars by 
showing the academic excellence of this of this university and recruit and by proxy getting more people to commit to that university and come there it, as opposed to the people that are there on athletic scholarships i mean do we do we just discount those people because the other guys are athletes and they get their face on tv it's the academic scholarship is an interesting thing for universities because the academic scholarship is a tool strategically used to make the college more money. So it looks like a thing where the college is actually taking the financial hit and giving these students full ride scholarships, but the amount of money they're going to make off of X athlete because it's going like, say they're, they're a star athlete in the conference or whatever, the amount of money they're going to make off that kid because they're getting butts in the seats and they are getting television and X, Y, and Z is the money that is coming in is much higher than the money that they would be losing in tuition. So, but, but, but what, but what, I mean, so then how do we compensate those kids that are getting academic scholarships? And that's what I'm saying. I put a butt in the seat. That's why I'm saying I don't have an issue with with the compensation for the kids. I I think the colleges are making so much money off of these kids as is that I don't have any issue with the kids getting a kickback. Well, that's where I do have a problem with it is that these academic these academic scholarship kids that are coming in and raising the academic integrity or or reputation of a of a university by hard by hard working and studying maybe not necessarily on a sports field, but by studying are making millions for these universities by more people committing to this college and wanting to apply to this college. Right. And they're not getting compensated at all, but these right. athletes are getting compensated just because they play a game and they're putting butts in seats. Yeah, it so, is. It is a hard, uh, I see what you're saying. So what do we do with the general, uh, student, uh, when it comes to the, the athlete on scholarship, I understand what you're saying. It's it's sticky, Mo. Here's a question that's interesting. So this this bill was passed in California alone. It's currently going out to uh, the other states. One, do you think that this is going to be widely adopted? And two, if it is not, are the California schools all of a sudden going to become far more popular programs for student athletes to come to, given that there is money offered on the kickback? That's a very good question. And I think that no nationally it won't be widely accepted um well no i take that back because you look at you look at the other side of the argument and where typically most people on the other side of the argument from me vote is uh going to be in favor of paying these athletes and compensating them um not to give away my my uh, political affiliation or anything um but yeah they they'll tend to vote on that side. And so it it might be nationally adopted. If it doesn't get nationally adopted, then yes, California schools will become more attractive destinations. I mean, the PAC 10 will absolutely flourish. We will have literally the PAC 10 might become the new sec at that point because everyone wants to go get paid. Everyone wants to go get paid and compensated. Yep. But if one, but here's the thing is if one state's going to get accepted for it, then I think everyone else has to do it because then there's that unfair advantage thing, that unfair play, unfair advantage thing in college football where everything's got to be fair. Everything's got to be fair. And either that's going to get booted out here in California very quickly or everyone else is going to accept it. I think, so I think, I think it's going to be one way or the other. I don't think that, I don't think that, only California schools will have the advantage of that. 
I think uh, I, I'm I'm assuming this bill is being offered on a state by state basis, but I think this is going California passing the bill is going to cause this weird domino effect, and it does have to do with the competitive market where you you look at states like Texas who are who are powerhouse football among other sport programs and they go well if we're going to lose our player pool to california because they've passed this bill we then also have to pass this bill in order to keep the player pool interested in texas schools so we have this really weird domino effect that's going to happen where i think other states are actually going to have their hands forced because california already passed the bill so whether they want to pay the kids or not which spoiler alert colleges don't want to pay the kids they might have to if they want to continue to have their player pool yeah, and that's the that's the other side of that domino effect is they're, they're going to fall one way or the other, and there, there's not going to be an in between. It's not going to be a. I don't think there will be a situation where California only ha- is the only state that does this. No, no um, way. Either either most states are going to adopt this, or no one else is going to adopt it, and California is going to have to drop that. Um, and so I, yeah, I I hundred percent agree with you. Um, it, it, well. In in a way, I hundred percent agree with you. It's yeah. it's gonna yeah. it's gonna fall either one way or the other. I think. Yep. Um, but that's enough conversation for that. Like I said, we'll probably have more conversation about that in the weeks to come because this is a big news story. This is a big deal, um, especially when it comes to amateur sports, collegiate sports, and especially when these guys are going to be coming up into the professional level. We're going to go to the professional level right now, and we're going to talk about week four in the NFL, a wild week in the in the NFL. Um, some unexpected winners, some blowouts, some tight games. We had it all in week four. And let's go ahead and start off with Chiefs-Lions. Um, Lions getting handed their first loss of the year to the Kansas City Chiefs in a close 34-30 matchup, a game where the Lions led the majority of this game. Um, the, the Chiefs coming back. Uh, late in the game to take the lead. Pat Mahomes looked human in this one, 24 for 42, 315, 0 and 0 in the touchdown interception call. Can we talk about um, that real quick? Patrick Mahomes yeah, was held it. without a touchdown pass for the first time in his career. Exactly. I mean, that, uh, first of all, that's he, nuts just from a career standpoint, the fact that he's has not missed a touchdown in a game so far. But also, that's a huge deal that this was the game that came where he finally does not have a touchdown pass. Against the Detroit Lions of all, and, like, it makes me think, are the Lions a good team? I don't think the Lions are a bad team. I think the Lions are a... Uh, Average to above average defense that has some quite interesting aspects going on on offense. The bummer thing for the Lions is that they play in the NFC North. I mean, they're they're playing in a uh, division that is just chuck full of really good NFL teams. Um, and so when you look at them in the division, you get this problem where they don't look super impressive just because you have the the Packers and the Vikings surrounding them. Um. But I think this Lions team is is somewhat legit. I like what they have going on, and I think this is a really good showing for them against the Chiefs. Yeah, I know you were a big fan of the Lions front seven um, before the season even started. Uh, you were a big fan of that and thought they looked really good. Matt Patricia, obviously a defensive mind. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think this Detroit Lions team is much more talented defensively than they are offensively. Um, I don't think they're bad offensively, and, though, either. Like, Matthew Stafford has been consistently average, 
we can say well, they that put up 30 against with the confidence. Chiefs. And they put up well, they, the, right? The Chiefs' defense isn't anything to to like get wide eyes about, though. Yeah. Um, I think Kenny Galladay is is one of the up and coming receivers. I think he's super talented. Um, I do think Carryon Johnson is better than we've seen so far. So I think this is an offense that is better than we might give them credit for still. Um, and, and I mean, putting up 30 against the Chiefs is nothing to sneeze at. No, I, I, I mean, I don't think so. I don't think 30 up, I don't think putting 30 up against the Chiefs defense is a hard thing to do. No, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, definitely not. I mean, carry on Johnson looked very good. He actually was a workhorse in this game. 26 carries, 125, 4.8 a carry. J.D. McKissick offering the change of speed, the change of pace there at four for 37 and a half a carry. Um, but we look at guys like you said, Kenny Galladay, five for 67, but the two touchdowns. Um, and we love Kenny G over here. Yep. We love, love Kenny G. Kenny G. Um, I, the Chiefs, on the other hand, uh, Daryl Williams, continuing to look like even when he has a not great game on the ground, a threat no matter where he is on the field. We yep. saw him last week in week three. He, uh, he, was, he was a yardage machine. This week, he's a goal line where He's a goal line horse. Eight for 13. That's only 1.6 a carry, but he gets the two touchdowns. Um, LaShawn McCoy, guy that people, you know, a guy that people thought wasn't going to play, was 11 for 56, 5.1 a carry and a touchdown. Um, I mean, th- this Chiefs team is so dynamic that I – is. I'm just going to flat out ask you, is this team going to go 16 and 0? I don't think this team go, well, oh man, let me think about it before I just snap that answer off. This was not the chiefs uh, best showing, right? Like this was a game where the chiefs didn't look uh, as high powered and as, as polished as we're used to the chiefs looking and they still put up 34 points in a win. So that being said, and I'm not looking at the schedule. I could see an argument where we say they could go 16 and 0. I don't think this team goes 16 and 0. What do you like better, Chiefs 16 and 0 or Pat 16 and 0? Oh man. Uh, again, I don't have the schedules up in front of me. I I Gut if reaction. I recall, Just... if I recall correctly, the Patriots have one of the weakest schedules for 2019 overall. So I'm going to say the Pats just based off of that. I think both offenses are crazy good. I mean, we know what the Patriots are, and the Chiefs have proven to be crazy since Patrick Mahomes has has been their quarterback. Um, but yeah, I guess give me the Pats to go 16 and 0 over the Chiefs. I don't think either one of them do. I don't think we have a 16 and 0 team in the league this year. But uh, the Chiefs are going to the Chiefs are going to flirt with it. They're they're gonna be up there. So, yeah. Did you see the no look run yeah. by Patty Mahomes? By the way, I did not. What's that, dude? So Patrick Mahomes rolls out on a play, looks for a flag. There's an official like at his uh, five o'clock, and so he does a full head turn to look at the official for an extended period of time, looking for a flag. Kind of looking at him like, really, dude? Like, you're not going to give me anything? Meanwhile, he's still sprinting up the field. And so he's sprinting forward, but he's looking backwards for like five yards or so. It was pretty ridiculous. And I think the announcer said, like, how slow is this game for Patrick Mahomes that he's able to do something like that and then still get a a first down out of the play? You know, there are are very few players in this league that slow the game down um, to that level. And Pat Mahomes is one of those guys. 
And that's why I think he's so special is uh, he's able to slow the game down when it's at its fastest level um, here at the NFL level. So, um, yeah, like yeah, like we said, uh, Chiefs still look pretty good. They advanced four and zero. Detroit Lions fall to two, one and one. Uh, Jordy, you got a game you want to go over? Yeah, let's talk about the game that we deemed uh, the irrelevant game of the week last week in the Jags and Broncos. Uh, this was not a game I was excited for when I saw it on the schedule. I didn't plan on watching it. I didn't plan on paying much attention to it. And then it turned out to be one of the better games on the week. And I learned to not fall asleep on Minshew Magic. Don't fall asleep on Gardner Minshew. He's going to be incredible. He is must-watch TV. So I have learned my lesson. I will watch every Jaguars game uh, that Gardner Minshew starts in from here on out. So that's where I'm at, Mo. I do just want to point out that before we recorded that episode, I said that Giants-Redskins was going to be garbage game of the week. Um, yep. yeah. And you told me emphatically no. Yeah, I was... When it wound I up was, being about the garbage game of the week. No, yeah. So, I, I, I will submit to you that you were right in that. I just was not excited for this Jags-Broncos game at all. Oh, yeah. I And I, and I think rightfully so. Um, I was excited for this game because I wanted to see if Jacksonville um, continues to ride this high of the Gardner Minshew hype. Uh, trust the mustache, that magical mustache. Uncle Rico under center goes 19 for 33, 213, and two touchdowns. Um, Leonard Fournette. Dude. Let's talk about him because he was, as much as we love Gardner Minshew, he was the star of this game. The dude rushed for 225. Like, that's 29 cra- for 225, and is he back? Is he back? It's hard to say no. It's hard to say no. Here's, oh man, here's why it feels gross to answer that way though. We never know when this dude's going to pop up with an ankle injury on either ankle. You know what I mean? Like we haven't seen Leonard Fournette put together a healthy season yet. So it's kind of the Dalvin Cook thing, which I'm not trying to compare those two because I think Dalvin Cook is absolutely elite and Leonard Fournette is questionable, but Dude, 225 are Madden numbers. Like, that is that is a crazy, crazy game. I mean, you say ankle, but, I mean, we all know Fournette's bugaboo is the hamstring. He, um, he's had ankle ailments as well. Like, his lower half is not uh, not the sturdiest thing in the world. <laughs> Just waist below, not yeah, so good. Yeah, not great. <laughs> Equivalent but, to, I mean, like, a 65-year-old man. It, oh, wow, that's harsh. Yeah, it 65. is. I, I I I don't like Leonard Fournette that much, but it's hard to argue with two twenty five. He's the equivalent of an AARP member. He would at least apply. I don't know if he would be approved, but he could apply. You're, super, you're just you're just harsh on him, guys. You can't see this, but I just got the largest eye roll from Mitch Mo ever. That was the most satisfying thing that's happened to me all week. I don't think I've ever rolled my eyes at you that hard. That was and I've that known was you for a large. while. That was large. But anyway, regardless, dude, huge game for Leonard Fournette. Like, I, I think, uh, yeah, I hope he keeps this rolling because it's going to be fun to watch. But, uh, dude, the defense also looked pretty good for the Jags. The Ramsey-less defense uh, gets their first takeaway. Uh, and then Josh Lambeau has some clutch kicking. So, I don't, man, this this Jacksonville Jaguars team looks like they could be a legit contender for a division that's uh, 100% up for grabs right now. Well, you know, they just kept – the Broncos off the field. Yeah. I mean, Flacco threw the ball 38 times, but Lindsey only runs it nine times. Yep. Royce Freeman runs it six times. Flacco gets an attempt. I mean, they just kept this team off the field. Yeah. Yep. 
And it's and pretty easy was, to win football games when you do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm a big proponent of, you know, you hold on to the ball longer than the other team, you're probably going to win the game. Um, and that doesn't mean you just kneel the ball down or, you know, run the ball 40 times a game. But they just kept the Broncos' offense off the field, and that's how you win a ball game, especially when you've got a guy like Gardner Minshew who threw the ball 33 times, only five less attempts than Flacco. And the Jaguars' leading rusher touched the ball on the ground 20 more times than the leading rush attempt guy of the Broncos, which was Phillip Lindsay. Yeah. 29-9. On the flip side, I, mean, I don't think there's much to talk about for this Broncos team. Like, they, they just look pretty... Pretty bad. Ba- pretty bad. They look pretty bad. Pretty bad. If I, I'm Bradley Chubb and I'm thinking about the end of my rookie contract, I'm thinking about testing free agency and going somewhere else. Right. It's almost the same thing that A.J. Green is doing currently in, in Cincinnati. Like, oh, I'm not quite ready to come back. Let's kind of slow roll this thing and, and, and test the waters elsewhere. But I think this Broncos right. team is kind of in the same realm that Cincinnati Bengals team is right now, and it's just they're not going anywhere good fast so i mean i do and i i just got to do it because we're talking about the game i got to shout out my boy jeff swaim um who if you don't know i grew up with we had camp outs in my backyard we hung out a lot with played youth football with him jeff swaim three catches for 17 yards um basically splitting time with james o'shaughnessy there uh, big numbers lone touchdown big numbers of the jacksonville jaguars which is funny because you know jeff playing youth football started out as a Jaguar and now he's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It all so, comes full circle. It all comes full circle. So uh, well done, Jeff. I just want to give you a little shout out there. I, you probably don't listen to this, but uh, I would give it a hundred percent chance that he does not. Hey, you know what? But get at us. If you do, I think it'd be cool to hear from you, buddy. Um, anyway, let's move on to our next game. And I want to talk about Browns Ravens um, because I think this, Upset of the week? Upset of the week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I would say so. Board? Yeah. I, Are you on board I, with that? I think my quote from last week was, Dallin was crazy for picking the Browns. I think I said something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, and the Browns almost doubled the Ravens score. So I don't know I where I, I went wrong, but I went wrong somewhere pretty badly. And I think I said, if the Browns win this, if the Browns lose this game, it's time to hit the panic button. Um. Thankfully, they get to put off hitting the panic button because yeah. they beat a very good Ravens team. Baker Mayfield played very well. 20 for 30, 342, a touchdown. Still had the interception. I think interception is going to be his bugaboo, though, throughout his career. Yeah. I think yeah. I think this is going to be a guy that you know may throw for a ton of yards and be very, very successful. Almost yep. Brett Favre-like. Be very successful, but throws a lot of touchdowns. He's a gunslinger. Baker, yeah, Baker I- Mayfield... Go ahead, Mo. Sorry. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Yeah, we, we, we criticize him for holding on to the ball too long, um, but I think that he's going to be a, a gunslinger-type guy um, where he, he takes chances where he shouldn't um, and makes the safe throws, and then sometimes he takes the chance and it works out just fine for him. Um, and that's kind of what we saw from him in this game against the Ravens. But they did one thing that they I thought they should have done the whole time, which was feed Nick Chubb. Yeah, and that's, give him the ball. That was the biggest narrative for me. Is you got an absolutely massive division win, and how you did it was by exposing 
the Baltimore defense's weakness, and that is the run defense. Baltimore's uh, air defense is, is quite good. I think if I'm remembering correctly, they rank somewhere like seventh against the wide receiver as far as defenses go through four weeks. But their run defense is in a weird spot right now. They they have something not working. They're not clicking, and that's that's where you can beat them. And the Browns really exposed that. Like Nick Chubb just ran it down their throat, um, and it – if other teams pick up on this, I think we see the Ravens struggle a little bit. And if not, I think the Browns could make a push for this division, given that they found this hole in probably their largest contender for the top spot. Well, I, I mean, I picked the Browns to win this division. I still stand by that. But when you got a guy like Nick Chubb, 20 for 165, 8.2 a carry and three touchdowns. I If this isn't the wake-up call you need to keep giving Nick Chubb the football – and make him a 300 attempt guy on the year. I don't I don't know what is. I don't know what is the wake up call. Yeah, Just no, it, keep feeding him the football. Yeah, keep feeding him the football. A because Nick Chubb is really really good and B it gives Baker Mayfield a chance to breathe a little bit. Like I think what we saw through the first three weeks or so was they were not handing the ball off as much as they should have been. And they were just kind of going, all right, Baker, let's see if you can carry us. And Baker looked like a deer in headlights for a majority of those games. And that's where the struggles kind of happened. We talked about it last week, but he's making his reads too long, too many times, whatever. Um, But I think Nick Chubb running the ball as much as he did on Sunday, if they continue to do this, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Baker. We might actually see elevated play from Baker and the receivers as a result as well. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely. Um, the, the the big receiver here in this game was Jarvis Landry, eight for one sixty seven. Um, by huge far, game. huge game. Baker's favorite target. Um, are we seeing Jarvis emerge as a one B receiver to Odell? I don't. Is he still the clear two. I don't think so. I think he was a clear two. This was a weird, like, horrific game for Odell. Um, two receptions for 20 yards. That's not what you want from your top guy if you're playing fantasy or if you're just a Browns fan. But I think this was more of a mirage than something we need to put uh, concrete. Uh, we need to put our confidence in. I think Jarvis is clearly the two in that offense. Odell is too elite of a talent um, to not be the clear one as far as their receivers go. Um I, I I think this was a mirage. We don't need to freak out too much about it. Some Sometimes this happens. Odell hasn't had a game like this yet in his career, but, um, I mean, it happens. Like, you just have down weeks. So I, I'm not putting too much stake in, in this, this down game for Odell. But, hey, listen, nice job, Jarvis. That's a, that's a huge game. Good for you, buddy. That Big game. Big game from Jarvis Landry. Uh, we go to the Ravens side of the ball. Well, Lamar Jackson looked human throwing two picks. Mark Ingram... Didn't get the opportunity we thought he was going to do. Only 12 attempts um, for 71 yards. It's still 5.9 a carry, but the workload was pretty light. Pretty yeah. light for Mark Ingram. Yeah, that makes sense. This this Browns run defense is quite good. So, uh, my, I, I shouldn't say quite good. They're They're adequate. So... There was always kind of a narrative there where the run could have been an issue. Um, I think we talked it up as if it were going to be the opposite, which also absolutely could have been the case, by the way. Um, But it just ended up shaking out against Mark Ingram's favor. Um, So bummer game for Mark Ingram. Kind of a bummer game from the the Ravens as a whole. It was a bummer to see Lamar Jackson's um, streak of games without an interception go down in this manner. But 
Um, I'm excited for this Browns team, man. We needed them to turn it around, and they needed to turn it around, and we kind of see them right the ship here. So hopefully they continue. Yeah, no, I yeah, I I think I don't think this is a uh, a huge blow to the Ravens. I think this is going to be just a one of those games that uh, it, it was going to be hard fought no matter what, and the uh, the uh, Browns were able to pull it out and get that big win over a very competitive Baltimore team. Yep. Um, as we stand right now, Tampa Bay still up five one, bottom of the ninth, two outs. With Marcus Simeon up, uh, one one count. I really want to call this like a color commentator. <laughs> <laughs> it's not looking good for your A's, man. You guys are in a rough spot. No. Pagan gets the sign. Sets. He sets one one to Simeon, and he sets again. Swing. Ball in the outer half. All right, Mo, allow me to distract you from this this riveting color commentary. Let's talk a little bit of uh, Pat's Bills, if, if you it's can not even, come it's, back here. Yeah, it's, not even, it's, not, it's, it's game's, game's over, man. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, that's, a, that's a rough go. That's, that's a can we get past the wild card game, please? One time. That's a One time. God, game's over. He just swung and missed. Just Do we need a moment field. of silence and like the sad music to set in for you? Can we, God, can we put the sad music on, please? Just play the sad music. Just play it. <sighs> can we get past the wild card game one time? Please. Four and a half, seven years. We've been here. We've been here. And you do this. Every single time. Can we get a good top end guy? Manai gives up three bombs. Goes down 4-0. Early. For what? Early exit. Early. Carry on. Pat's Bills. Let's go. Pat's I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Bills. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Pat's Bills? Yeah? 16-10? This is a weird game. Yeah, let's go. Weird game, dude. Weird, weird game. Uh, we got to give Buffalo a little bit of credit. First team this year to score an offensive touchdown uh, on on this Patriots defense, which is uh, an odd statistic, but it's true. Uh, the Patriots take this one sixteen to ten. This was a game that we said that the Bills might walk in and and pull the sneaky upset, and lo and behold, they lose by a touchdown, which is uh, less than the spread was predicting. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, the Bills looked. The Bills' defense looked really good. The Bills' defense looked really good. Their offense kind of looked a little bit not great, which is not a good way to construct that sentence. But Josh Allen leaves the game with a concussion. Uh, and the offense kind of stops there, as if Josh Allen looked great. I think he threw two to three picks. I don't even remember how many he threw. Uh, but he didn't look great. So this was a game that was just odd on both sides of the ball for the bills the defense looked really good as as good as we know the bills defense to be but their offense was kind of whatever um frank gore will not be stopped that man is going to play until he's 65 years old i think he is infinite he is infinite. he is all he is infinite he is the infinity stone shout out to the fantasy footballers uh he is the infinity stone 
He will not be shut down, Frank Gore. I will say this. As good as the Bills' defense is, because we all know, I think I think this show the Bills' defense is legit. Absolutely. I think I think this you could probably put him in the conversation of top five defense in the NFL right now. I I would not argue with that. But did Tom Brady show his age a little bit? Yeah, a hundred percent. 18 for thirty nine, one fifty, and a pick. Yeah, Tom I mean, Brady looks. It's not 45. that he just played bad. He played forty three year old Tom Brady bad. Yeah, yeah. Like it just it, it was a weird game. I don't know, Mo. Like we we picked this one to talk about, and I'm kind of looking at it, and it just was a little bit odd everywhere. Like the best thing that happened in this game is Frank Gore becoming the fourth player to rush for fifteen thousand yards. But it, it, outside of that. It was weird. It was weird. I don't know. This is a bad game from Tom Brady. Again, I don't think this is a a uh, thing that's going to happen consistently for the Patriots. I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're still one of the best teams in football. I'm still thinking Brady is one of the better NFL quarterbacks in the league. Uh, oh no, you don't. You don't. You don't really believe that, do you? Like strictly NFL quarterbacks, not talking from a fantasy standpoint. Yes, I think Tom Brady is still one of the the top ten guys. Absolutely. A top 10 guy. I will put him top six. Top seven. I'm now running through quarterbacks in my head. Top seven, absolutely. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get lost. Like, Get it's hard lost. It's hard to It's hard to knock Tom Brady as long as he's playing football and as long as he doesn't look the way he looked on Sunday. Um, like, Tom Brady's still, still the guy, so... I don't know, man. Weird game. I wish the Bills would have pulled the upset so we had a little bit more to talk about, but this was about what we were expecting. We just expected a couple more points to be on the board, I think. I th- I think so. Yeah. Um, as much as I want to say we've seen the cliff. We haven't seen I'm not going to say it. No. I'm not going to say it. I think I got to see it. I think I got to see it four weeks in a row. And there's just no the way we're going to see it four weeks in a row. You, like, we say that, but that just sounds laughable to say the Patriots are going to have four weeks like this in a row. You know what I mean? Not No, not just the Patriots. I, I just think Tom Brady. Yeah, right. I just think right. Tom Brady. Right. So, yeah, Do, I don't know, man. That's all I got so, on Bill's so four, so four weeks of this type of performance doesn't constitute the cliff. No, I think it does. I'm just saying I think the thought of there being four weeks in a row – is funny. Like I don't think we're going to see four weeks in a row. But I agree with you that if that that is like a good timetable to set. To actually no, but say that the but that's what coming. we're accustomed to because we've never seen the Pats play like this two weeks in a row. Right. I mean, so the the thought because we're so accustomed to seeing the Pats play, even if they have a bad week, they always rebound the next week. Even if they don't rebound the next week, they rebound the following week. We've never seen something like this. No, I know, and that's why I'm saying it seems laughable to to think about there being four weeks of of this happening. Like I, I I'm on the same page it. with you. <laughs> I think it's time to think about it. This is by far one of the worst Tom Brady performances we've seen in a long time, and one of his worst performances of his career. I think it's time to start thinking about it. I'm going to go out on a limb. We've seen the cliff. I hope you're right. Like I'm not trying to We've argue seen for the beginning the Patriots. Of the cliff. I hope we see the end of the Patriots dynasty. Sorry, Pats fans, if you're listening to this, you guys have had it too good for too long. Like you guys got to pay your dues, like the rest of us. So now look, now look, he's going to go out and he's going to throw for four touchdowns next week, and he's going to prove me wrong. Yeah, but probably, probably. 
I think we've seen the cliff because he definitely looked like 43-year-old Tom Brady there. Yes, he did. Definitely. Yes, he did. Definitely. Um, yep. Yeah, just, just uh, yeah, legit Bills defense. Pats didn't play well. We almost saw that sneaky upset that we were all hoping for, uh, but Pats still pull out the game 16-10. Um, let's go ahead and take a break because the A's just lost this wild card game, and I need to take just a few seconds to take a breath from this disappointing loss and compose myself so I don't rant again like I just did a few minutes ago. But when we come back, Jordy, you are taking over top five list of the week. We're also going to get into our daily double up segments, our DFS segments, and then we are going to get into our quick pick. So guys, stick around and I promise we'll be right back. Boom shakalaka! Welcome back to part two, the second installment of Mitch Moe's two-week house party. I've made the wardrobe change. We are out of the A's jersey, out of the A's hat. We are back into the Bears jersey, the Bears hat, because um, as fired up as I was earlier, it's time to move on. We've got a new season upon us, right? Yeah, it's basketball season now. Oh, you stop it right now. Dude, the Kings play on Friday in India. I will not be told otherwise. We are rolling into basketball season, baby. It's it's still it's football season. It's football season. Yeah, it's season. football season. You're right. You're right. I mean, basketball is secondary, in my opinion. But we got a top five list this week. Yeah, we do. And I got a jingle for you. Yeah, you do. I got a jingle for you. Um... I'm not doing the top five this week, guys. Someone has hijacked the top five list of the week segment this week. And it's my good friend, Mr. Jordan Fox. And that's why on this week's edition of Jordy's top five list of the week, we're going to hear Mr. Fox's top five list of the week jordan take us into the segment my friend get us started all right all right so here's where we're going with this this week mo first of all thank you for entrusting me with such a uh an important segment here on the show i appreciate it anytime but as we know as we know dad is gone which is why i'm doing this segment right now dad's gone no rules and as I uh, as I said last week with my top five, I want these to be themed around uh, dad being gone. So last week I did top five sports video games because what else do you want to do when your parents aren't home but stay up all night and play video games? Well, who, Mitch, I ask you, are you playing those video games with? The people that you invite to a sleepover. So this week on Jordy's top five list of the week, I am doing the top five quarterbacks I would like to invite to a sleepover. <laughs> so things are going to get a little bit weird here, but it's going to be a good oh, time. Oh, man. That's a good so I, one. 
Wow. I, I will I will uh, preface this by saying this. All of the quarterbacks I have chosen fulfill a different um, niche as far as my like childhood friends would be concerned. So I, I will talk about that as we go into it. But one and two are going to fill the same role, and that is just like the cool friends that you'd want to hang out with. Okay? Taking the number one spot is none other than Uncle Rico himself, Gardner Minshew. Because of course it is, right? Like Gardner Minshew is uh, one of the two coolest dudes in the league right now. Like the mustache cannot be denied. It is so cool. Uh, He's lighting the league on fire. And you know he's just the type of dude who would be super chill to hang out with and would want to just play video games all night and eat pizza pockets. So Gardner Minshew. He's the type of guy that's like, hey, your parents are asleep. Do you want to steal a beer out of their fridge and split it? But we got to split it because we don't want to get too drunk. Yeah, he is that type of guy. 100%. Oh, yeah. And then he'd come up with a strategy to try and figure out, like, man, how do we reconfigure the fridge so that they don't notice this one is gone? And his partner in crime would be my number two pick, which is Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. These two are like the one-two punch of cool guy quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I've said numerous times between this podcast and the Daily Double Up that Baker Mayfield is the type of guy that I want to go out and grab a beer with. Anytime, Baker, I'm still going to say this. You're not listening, but if you are on the off chance, listen, man, I will take you out. We'll have a real nice time. I'll treat you nice. I'll buy you a beer. Let's make it happen. But Garner Minshew, Baker Mayfield fulfill the same role for me. They're both like my cool kid friends who, of course, I'm going to invite them over because they're the coolest of my friends and they're going to be a great time. So those are kind of the obvious number ones and number twos. My number three is my nice friend, the kid you invite over who maybe isn't the coolest kid that I know, but he's the nicest one that I know. Like I I trust this friend probably more than I trust everyone else. And that is Carson Wentz. I'm inviting Carson Wentz over because, you know, Carson Wentz isn't going to like do anything egregious when you fall asleep at night. Like he's not going to be the kid that grabs the Sharpie and draws on your face if you happen to fall asleep earlier than everybody else. Like Carson Wentz is just a good dude. He seems like he seems like just a genuine person. Right. Like I feel like the thing you hear about Carson Wentz is how just nice he is. Like there's nothing like he's a, he's a, he's a great quarterback yes like the dude's super talented blah 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 but yeah do you know how nice Carson Wentz is like he's just a nice guy yeah I yeah I mean like I I super I mean obviously I compare him to like the guys I wouldn't want to have over for a sleep party and I like I think of non quarterback people like Bryce Harper like I wouldn't want him over like, oh interesting a, like I, he'd just be a, just a but I love Bryce Harper. Careful, dude. I love that guy. <laughs> okay, I love him. What a Bryce Harper, if you're listening I, to this, I will I will take you out. I'll treat you real nice. We can go get a beer. But anyway, <laughs> Carson Wentz is my number three slot. Number four is my friend who's good at everything. We all have that friend. We all have the one who you're bringing over to be like your ringer partner if you're playing duos in, in Halo or whatever. And I'm bringing none other than Patty Mahomes. And this uh, works on a couple of levels. One, he is good. Like, I could see him being the type of guy that's good at everything. So he fulfills that role. Two, he sounds like a child, like currently. Like, his voice sounds like he is still a child, and so it fits there. Um, but if we're just going through the the classic tiers of kind of the people that I'm going to group into my friend group, I got to bring Patty Mahomes because I got to bring my friend who is good at literally everything and who is going to carry me through those long-awaited Halo matches because Lord knows I can't play that game. So... Patty yeah, Mahomes is going to He sounds like someone who me. just got their driver's license. Like mixed with Kermit the Frog, though. 
Like he's not, he just got his driver's license. He's he uh he still plays Smash Bros competitively, which I mean, I do too, so it's okay. Yeah, uh, you can't fault him for that. I mean, it Pat Mahomes, great pick. I like it. Yeah. I like yeah. It. So, uh my number 5 is going to throw you for a loop. You ready? Number 5 is none other than Philip Rivers. No! And I'm kind of laughing saying that because I knew that would be your reaction. But hear me out. You ready? This is strategic. He's the guy. Uh, you no, know, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Before you, before you present your case. Go he's ahead. He's the guy that tells everyone not to do anything because it's too dangerous. Right. Guys, we're going to get have in trouble. A strategy. Don't do that. I have a strategy. I have a strategy. So okay. Okay. I, uh, I grew up in a like moderate income household okay we didn't have all the crazy stuff like sometimes you go over to a friend's house for a sleepover and like their parents are quite wealthy and so they have all the really cool stuff right so i'm just going to go off of the the uh, assumption that i don't have all of the really cool crazy stuff for the sleepover so whose xbox do you think we're playing halo on mitch uh, probably philip rivers philip rivers <laughs> So, I'm inviting Philip Rivers to my sleepover because, one, he's going to bring all the cool stuff because your boy's got money. You know he's got it. He's got all the nice stuff. <laughs> Two, Philip Rivers has, like, a thousand kids. So, you know he's going to know, like, all of the cool things to bring to a sleepover. There's going to be Pizza Pockets. There's going to be all of the good, like, movies to watch. There's going to be the Xbox. This is just... Philip Rivers is the friend that you invite to purely exploit him for all of the things he can bring you, and then you don't talk to him for the rest of the night. <laughs> have, have I swayed you? Are you not entertained? <laughs> He's the guy you fight over and then don't talk to the rest of the night because he brought all the cool stuff. Dude, 100%. He's got to, you got to have the Halo plug. He's coming over, he brings the Xbox, and then you like toss him a pizza pocket every once in a while, and then you call it a night. So... Yeah, man, those are those are my five. I'm bringing to my sleepover. Sorry, it's just it's like, <laughs> listen. Just, I didn't say it was just, good. I didn't say it was nice. Just throwing them but just like making them feel like a thing. Just like the punching bag there. Just the no, listen. Bag. I would I would make him feel welcome, but I would absolutely only invite him to bring the Xbox. But he anyway, would make him feel welcome and tell him to take his shoes off at the door, and then like chew him out if he wore his shoes like three steps into the door. Like, dude, this yeah. is a, this is a shoes off household. What are you doing? Right, but only because I'm scared of my wife. So, <laughs> my top I'm five. I'm scared of your wife, too. I'm scared of your wife, too. As honestly. you should be, my friend. As you should be. <laughs> my top five quarterbacks I'm inviting to a sleepover are Gardner Minshew, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, and the dad himself, Philip Rivers. What do you think, that, Mo? Oh, that's awesome. I mean, Sounds like a think, good time? I, I, it sounds like a great time. I think it sounds like a great time. I think if I was like... If we're going to expand this, and you just inspired me for a new top five that I'm going to do next week. You inspired me, my friend. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, But I think if I had to expand on this like, and just go like quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw's on that list. Oh, 100%. Absolutely Terry, Terry Bradshaw's ter- on that Terry list. Terry Bradshaw's in there. Um, I think I omit Ken Stabler because he brings like drugs over. Yeah, he's no, like, you can't. He, he's the type he's, of friend that you can't have over to your house because your parents would be like, "Who are you hanging out with?" He's the kid that brings the nudie movie over and the weed, and you just yeah. don't want, you just don't want to invite him over. No, no, there's no room for that. No, none of that. But I think if I expand that, like Terry Bradshaw has got to be on that list. Yeah, it's a good inclusion. I like it. I gotta like it. be on that list. Yep, but I like it. That's Mo. a fantastic list and a fantastic idea. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I like it. that. 
You've inspired I had to bring me, it. If friend. you're going to hand the top five over to me, I got to bring it. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, you and you brought it hard. You brought it hard. That tops a lot. That tops a lot of lists. I appreciate it, Mo. Hey, dude, you want to uh, you want to transition into the daily double up section of the pod tonight? Yes. Um, let's get in to our daily double up segment. Boom shakalaka. Let's get in to the daily double up DFS segment of our podcast again. You can catch this entire episode on our daily double up um, uh, channel on. Apple iTunes and on or app, Apple iTunes. That's dumb. You can get us on it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You could you could do all three. I, whatever one works best for you. So you can get us anywhere there. But we're gonna get into our DFS segment of the pod, and we have an announcement to make. Jordan, after three weeks of turmoil, I have finally beat you. In our head-to-head matchup. And not only did you beat me, man, you blew me out. I think it was like a 50-point differential in week Whoa! four. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Congrats, Mo. Congrats. So, listen, if you want to take a victory lap, I would not blame you. Uh, I think I said last week this was going to be the week because my lineup was so boom or bust. And, boy, howdy, was it a bust. It was rough I'm, for I'm me last I'm week. I'm not going to take a victory lap. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take a victory lap. I'm going to do what I said I was going to do a couple weeks ago. Okay. I don't I don't know what's Stop happening it! right now. Oh man. Mitch, you guys didn't see that, and he was quite far away from the mic, so you probably didn't hear it super well either. But Mitch just gave me the classic DX uh what do you even what is that called? I don't remember. It's the suck it thing, you know. Yeah, the the suck it thing. Like Triple X used to, or Triple H, excuse me, Triple X. <laughs> triple what, X. Where did I just go? <laughs> don't Triple don't, H used to do that. it don't uh, when that. he was in DX with Shawn Michaels. They used to do the the X suck it thing. So, uh, yeah, Mo just gave it to me real hard in the Skype camera just now. Yeah, suck it. DX. I deserved it. I deserved it. You're right. Congratulations, Mo. You did it. You will not do it two weeks in a row. That's, so suck that's it the up only, that's now. That's the only time I probably get to do that. But um, <laughs> we're, let's get let's get into our segments here, and we're going to get into our stash or trash um, one more time. You can listen to this on our daily double up channel on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or Spotify. Um, starting next, and please week, do, we'll guys, do us a favor. Go over there, hit subscribe. Even if you don't care about the content at all, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, get over there, <laughs> we, hit that we button. We need to get this train rolling, train rolling on that side of things. Yeah, man. Uh, um, but uh, we, we, starting next week, uh, we will be back to our normally scheduled uh, episodes. Uh, we've been doing this crossover thing for two weeks, um, but we will be back to our normally scheduled episodes as far as. Uh, Daily Double Up and the Sports Hour we go. But let's get into our stash or trash segment here. Jordan, why don't you kick us off in our stash segment? I will indeed. As a reminder, if you're not familiar with this segment over on the Daily Double Up, uh, we play on DraftKings every week in the main slate on Sundays. DraftKings offers you 50000 bucks to work with, and if you average that out among all your players, that gives you about 5500 bucks to work with, or about 11% of your total lineup. All of our stashes are going to be below that 11%, and all of our trashes will be above that 11%. So that being said, my first stash for this week, Mo, is going to be Golden Tate versus the Vikings. 4600 okay. bucks on DraftKings or 9.2% of your total budget. 
Um, Golden Tate served a four-game suspension through the first four games of this NFL season, obviously, but this is his first week back, and he kind of pops himself into a nice position as the third-ish option for Daniel Jones behind Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram. Um, I, I like that quite a bit because Sterling Shepard has been good thus far, but it could there an argument could be made for the target share between Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard now that he's back. Uh, the Minnesota, this Minnesota defense that they're playing is quite good, um, and it looks like a scary matchup, but they actually rank 21st against the wide receiver position so far through four weeks. Where that defense is really good is actually against the run, um, which is part of why I like Golden Tate so much. Wayne Gallman had a breakout game last week in Saquon's absence, but uh, he, he had a little injury pop up this week. He's kind of been limited in practice, and that Minnesota run D is as good as it is. So I think this is a game where the Giants are going to be throwing the ball quite a bit, uh, which is a good thing for Golden Tate, and I think this is an opportunity for us to snag uh, a talent like Golden Tate at a price that's probably lower than it should be because he's coming back and this is his first week off suspension. Yeah, I, I do like it a lot, and I like I would like to see uh, how well him and Daniel Jones hook up um, in that New York Giants offense. Um, my first dash of the week is going to be Sony Michelle against Washington. He is right on the line of a stash or a trash. He is at exactly $5,500. That is exactly 11% of your total budget on DraftKings. Look, he's playing a very weak Washington Redskins team. He was 17 for 63. By far the leading touch guy out of the backfield for the New England Patriots. The next closest guy had three touches, three carries, excuse me, three carries, and that was Tom Brady. Uh, James White had one carry, and Brandon Bolden had one carry. There was no sign of Damian Harris, no sign of Rex Burkhead. Um, Rex Burkhead, in fact, only had one reception. That was his only touch of the game. James White, of course, leading the team in receptions with eight. But in going to be in a game where they're playing a very bad Washington defense, where they're probably going to be in a chew clock type of situation. You might see a lot of Sony Michelle. That's why I like this matchup. Go get Sony Michelle and spend up the 5,500. I dig it, Mo. I dig it. Nice pick. My, uh, my second stash for week five is going to be the guy that we keep waiting for Mo and, and you in particular, I'm going David Montgomery, uh, 5,200 bucks on DraftKings, 10.4 percent. They're playing the Raiders, by the way. I forgot to mention that part. David Montgomery against the Raiders, 5,200 bucks, 10.4 percent. Uh, inching kind of close at 11 percent mark, but kind of slides just underneath. I think this is the week that we see the David Montgomery breakout, Mo. I think this is the week we finally see it. Yeah, um, I, I think, I think so too. I think so too. Rushed the ball 21 times last week against the Vikings, making this three straight games where he actually has over 13 carries. So we're seeing him get the workload, um, and we haven't seen the big game yet, but the amount of work that he's getting will inevitably lead to that breakout game. Like, it's coming. You can't get that amount of workload with a talent, uh, the level of David Montgomery, and not eventually see the breakout game. The Raiders are down Vontez Burfick, like we talked about at the the beginning of this week, um, and they're traveling to London. Excuse me, hold on. No, My mic he, just fell out of its stand. Doubt, he literally just pulled the boom right off its mount. Dude, I, I should be the NFL with the level of catch I just made on my microphone just now. Mid-sentence. Uh, that was OBJ level. OBJ level. All right, anyway. 
The whole like boom, I was saying. too. Not even your mic, just the whole boom. <laughs> Dude, no, the whole operation just went down. That was nuts. <laughs> uh, anyway, the Raiders are down Vontez Perfect. We already talked about it earlier in the show. Uh, and they're traveling to London for their second straight road game. I don't think this is a defense that's going to look ultra sharp to begin this game. Um, and Dave Montgomery could take advantage of that, and I think this is the breakout game. Um, so get them always cheap. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I think uh, with, with the opportunity that he's been getting in that offense over the last three weeks, I think this is the time for him to really shine and break out. Also, historically, Oakland, last time they traveled to London, did not travel well at all and played very well, did not play very well. Um, so I, I would like to see uh, uh, David Montgomery break out this week. Um, not for your sake, but for my uh, Chicago Bears phantom's sake. Uh, so uh, we would like to uh, like to see him uh, perform well uh, for your sake too, because you're my buddy. So yeah, thanks. I appreciate that, man. Why not? I appreciate. Why that. not? Um, my second stash is probably a guy you've never heard of. Well, you might have heard of him, Jordan. Um, it's a Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver. It's not A.J. Green because he's not playing. And it's not Tyler Boyd. It's Auden Tate. Auden Tate. Yeah, it's a bit obscure. Uh, It's very obscure. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals. You can get them for $3,500. That's 7% of your total budget. And let me tell you, with A.J. Green out and Tyler Boyd being the number one target right now in Cincinnati... He's going to draw a lot of attention from that Arizona defense. Auden Tate, who might be playing that Z wide receiver or maybe even the slot, is going to get a lot of looks. And I like taking this flyer on a guy against a weak defense with a semi-competent quarterback with its number one target injured and their number two wide receiver being probably heavily blanketed in this, in this matchup. I like taking the flyer on Auden Tate. Yeah, I like this pick a lot, Mo, and it's a pick that I agree with you. A lot of people are probably not uh, aware of or are thinking of, but, man, there's just not a whole lot of options for Andy Dalton outside of Auden Tate at this point. Like, Joe Mixon is is the obvious bump, but Joe Mixon has had such a hard time running behind that offensive line that I don't know if that's actually the, the bump that is going to happen as a result of uh, the injury here. But, man, Auden Tate could have a huge breakout game. Like, I would I would not be surprised at all to see him just go crazy this week. Yeah. I mean, and in Dynasty formats, if you play on Sleeper and you got a few bucks to spare for a fab, uh, he's one of the most added players on Sleeper right now. So he might be a good one-week play to try to you know, see what you're going to get out of him. So um, go, get, go get a hold of him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mo, that leads us into the saddest part of the podcast, and that is our trashes for week five. These are the players that we want you guys to stay away from that fall above that 11% line, so they are way too expensive. Mo, who do you got as your first trash for week five? My first trash is going to be Austin Eckler. And Explain yourself. Yeah, I think I gotta explain myself a little bit. Look, Marvin Gordon or Marvin Gordon. Wow, that's how long he's been gone. I don't even know his first name anymore. That's Melvin, Melvin Gordon's evil twin, Marvin Gordon. For those of you that Mar- don't know, yeah, Melvin Gordon is going to be back this week, and I have heard everything from he's going to have his starter workload to 
eh, he's going to have a backup workload. Um, as far as what to believe, we're not totally 100% sure on what to believe here. But all I know is that Austin Eckler is going to have his workload chipped into. Um, and for $6,700, that's 13.4% of your total lineup. That's not something I want to pay up for for a guy that may is going to have his workload severely cut into. Um, I say trash Austin Eckler going into this week. Yeah, I don't really know what to do with that running back situation. I'm a Melvin Gordon owner in a couple of fantasy leagues, and I mean, I'm starting him. He's back, but I don't know what the work share is going to look like as far as the Chargers running back depth chart goes. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't feel comfortable paying for him, so I don't blame you at all for trashing him this week. Uh, my first trash for week five is going to be Amari Cooper versus the Green Bay Packers. Sixty eight hundred bucks on DraftKings or thirteen point six percent of your total budget. Uh, Amari Cooper has been limited in practice this week due to like an annoying little nagging injury. He's going to play on Sunday, but there's a little bit of a narrative there to talk about as far as. Uh, not practicing fully and rolling into a game on Sunday. Also, this Packers secondary is elite all of a sudden. Like, can we talk about how good this Packers defense is? Just magically. Well, you got. I shouldn't say magically. Bear. You got a former Bear, Adrian Amos. So. We do. Adrian Amos is quite good. The Packers have done a lot of work to to improve that defense. So I shouldn't say magically, but. Uh, where the run defense still lacks a little bit, this secondary is elite. Um, they are currently the second best defense against the wide receiver so far through four weeks. Uh, I think the the combo of kind of the limited practice schedule plus Amari Cooper going up against this elite Packers pass defense um, and Cooper coming off kind of a week, uh, a down week last week. He went five for forty eight with zero zero touchdowns. Excuse me. Uh, I don't like this game for Amari Cooper. I, I could see this being one of those games where Amari Cooper just kind of disappears um, because he's he's shadowed by a guy like Darnell Savage or something like that. So I don't know. It just kind of feels it, it feels like one of those gross matchups for me. I don't really like the the game script for Amari Cooper, and I think this is a game where he kind of disappears on you. Yeah, I, like you said, you know, if he gets if he gets matched up with Darnell Savage, uh, that's been a very very good defense back for the Packers thus far. This or year, Jair so. Alexander or Adrian Amos. Like uh, all of those defensive backs are quite good. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, I I, I agree with you 100. I I just not a fan, not a fan of this pick. Um, my second trash of the week is going to be Jameis Winston, and I know he's just coming off that huge game against the Rams where he throws the lights up. But what do we know about Jameis Winston? He plays well one week, and he's trash the next. Trash Jameis Winston. Now, he's not. He's playing a formidable New England, or not New England, New Orleans defense at $6,200, 12.4% of your total budget. I don't think he's worth the pay up, and especially going off just history of Jameis Winston. If he plays well one week, he's probably not going to play well the next trash Jameis Winston yeah, it's just kind of hard to to rely on for fancy purposes this is two good Jameis weeks in a row though Mo so I don't know what that does to your to your plan here but uh yeah I, I I'm not one of those guys that likes Jameis Winston I don't know if I'm ever going to trust Jameis Winston week to week so you could trash Jameis Winston for every week for the rest of the NFL season I think I would support you yeah I, I mean he's just uh He's just not reliable. He's just not reliable. 
Um, yeah. week at you know from week to week, you never know what you're gonna get. He's Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. You could get something really, really bad or something really, really good out of him. So yeah, you're just never quite sure what you're gonna get out of Jameis Winston. Yep. Yep, I like the pick there. My last trash for week five is going to be none other than James Conner. Uh, $6,200 bucks on DraftKings, 12.4% of your total budget. And this seems like a weird week to trash James Conner, Mitch, because James Conner finally had the breakout game and seemed like James Conner of old last week. But tweaked his ankle in that game and hasn't really practiced fully to date so far this week. Thomas said he's going to play, but kind of the same thing applies as what I said about Amari Cooper. It's a little bit uh, uh, sketchy when you're talking about a top-tier priced kind of guy when he's not practicing fully all week. Um, like I said, we saw Connor put up the fancy numbers like we're used to, uh, but I don't think that continues, Mo. They're playing this Ravens team that I realize uh, didn't put up a great defensive showing against the Browns. Last week, especially at the running back position. But even with that poor game last week, they're still currently the seventh-ranked defense against opposing running backs, which is a, a surprising stat, and I was surprised to see that when I looked it up, but that's currently where they are. Like, this Ravens defense is not as bad on a whole as what we saw in a vacuum last week. Um, I do think they write the ship a little bit too, especially when you just got torched on the ground in the way they did. I think that's going to be a, a focal point for this defense throughout the week going into this game against the Steelers. Um, I just see this, if I were a betting man, I would say I see this as a bigger Jalen Samuels game than I do a James Conner game. Like I just don't... Something is really scaring me off James Conner for for season long purposes. Like I would I would try and sell high if we're talking season long fantasy right now. Um, Jalen Samuels got way more snaps than we're used to seeing Jalen Samuels get last week. Even though James Conner had a big fantasy game, I just I'm kind of scared off it. I don't feel good about the repeat. Um, too many things are are tossing up red flags for me to feel good rolling James Conner out uh, again this week for week five. You know, I'm 100% on board with it because, you know, I've had James Conner in my pit of misery every week so yes, far you have. this year. Yes, he's, you have. He's not bad. He is just not good. Just not yeah. good so far yep. this year. Yep. Um, and you know, Jalen, Jalen Samuels is going to obviously chip into that workload uh, because he's shown to be uh, semi-reliable. Um, but, yeah, James Conner, not a good situation. Right now, for no, him. it it just feels kind of yucky, like we like to say on this show. Feels kind of gross. He he's yucky, just icky. He um, is icky. So that is gonna wrap up our stash or trash segment. Once again, just before we go, because I don't think we can plug it enough. You can also listen to this episode on our daily double up channel. Um, you can listen to it on Apple Podcast, iTunes, or Spotify. You can go follow us on Twitter at. Double up DFS. But before we move on to our quick picks, let's get into our DFS lineup of the week. We like I like Jordan has explained multiple times uh, every week going up to this episode. Uh, we each pick a lineup on DraftKings and uh, play each other head to head every week. The loser gets a cup of water thrown on them, which uh, we got some. We got some debts to play to pay up for. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We're a couple weeks behind. We're a couple weeks behind, but we'll make sure to get all those out on Twitter. Go ahead and follow us at Double Up DFS. Uh, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and name your lineup first? 
Yeah, so I will say this is kind of the second week in a row I feel a little bit shaky about my lineup, Mo. The the hard thing about making these picks on Wednesday nights uh, is that there is a lot of time between Wednesday and Sunday. So so you guys know how I work. I usually make this lineup uh, Wednesday morning and then bring it for the pod, and then I make my rest of my, my personal game picks after Wednesday. So I'll usually make up Thursday through Sunday and I feel pretty good by that point. But anyway, I feel a little bit shaky about this. All that to be said. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and roll the same stack that I played last week, Mo. I'm going the Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram stack. Uh, I'm liking Daniel Jones and what I'm seeing so far for fantasy purposes. I think the kid has looked quite all right. And uh, like I said previously, that Minnesota defense is pretty scary on the ground, but not as scary in the air. So I think Daniel Jones can have some success there. And I think Evan Ingram is one of the targets he likes to throw the ball to the most. So I'm going to roll out with that stack of my quarterback, my tight end position. Running back is usually where I like to pay up. So I paid up with Ezekiel Elliott against the Green Bay defense because they are weak against the run. And I think we'll get to this later that, uh, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the key in that game for Dallas. So I think Ezekiel Elliott eats quite a bit here, uh, and I think he is the the top-tier guy that I really want to try and go get this week in Week 5. Mark Ingram is going to be my other running back. Uh, Not a great week for Mark Ingram, as we said previously last week, but he's going against a Pittsburgh defense that is not super impressive. Uh, They rank 26th overall against the run, um, and he's he's not one of the top, top top-tier-priced guys, so I, I like playing... Mark Ingram again this week. I'm going to go ahead and roll Allen Robinson out there at my wide receiver slot, followed up by Cortland Sutton and your boy, Auden Tate. I'm going to roll Auden Tate out there. He's too good of a value. I agree with you. Uh, $3,500 is ridiculously cheap for what is really going to be the only passing threat in that Bengals offense. Tight end, I already said I'm going Evan Ingram. My flex is where I'm rolling out my pick in David Montgomery, and then I'm wrapping it up with the Pats defense against Washington. This Patriots defense has turned out to be quite good and even better than I think we expected, and I've really liked what they're doing for fantasy owners so far this year, Uh, so I'm happy to pay the $4,300 to get my Pats D in my lineup this week. I love that lineup, man. I think think you're not giving enough credit. I don't think you're giving enough credit. Might not be. I will say I am I am notorious for hating all of my lineups early on. Like they gotta they gotta spend some time growing on me before I really feel confident going into a Sunday. Doesn't every fantasy owner though like hate their lineup just a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a healthy amount of disdain that happens in the hearts of fantasy owners. Yeah, I I yeah. and I I can sympathize with that 100 percent because I hate my dynasty lineup right now absolutely hate it and we're playing each other this week in dynasty mo are you aware of this yeah we're playing each other i believe yeah my three and one dynasty team is going up against your uh what are you so far mo what's your record oh four yeah uh, anyway but oh and uh, four yeah. i said oh yeah. and four Okay, we, uh, we're bad. We have the head-to-head dynasty matchup this week, and I'll be honest, I actually don't feel great about it. I think you might sneak one on me here. You might get your first win of the year. You know, I I don't think I'm going to go winless. I have to get a win this. I have to get a win somewhere along the line. Um, I don't think I have a bad team. I just have gotten some really bad breaks. Yeah, and you've so, had a you've had a rough go so far. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, it's, it's Mo. Coming. It's coming. It's coming. It is coming, and it might just come this week. Who knows? Anyway, Fingers Mo, uh, what lineup are you rolling out against me in our head-to-head this week? Well, I'm going to start off with the quarterback position. I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers against Denver. Look, this is the guy that's fourth in the league in passing yards right now, um, and he's got the guy that's leading the league in what? Well, actually, he's, I believe he's second. No, he's leading the league. Excuse me. Leading the league in receiving yards. That's Keenan Allen. That's my big stack of the week. I'm going, I'm stacking big here. Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen um, at the wide receiver running back or wide receiver quarterback stack. Um, you look at my running backs here. I got David Johnson against Cincinnati. Love that matchup. Weak defense. Guy that could catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Guy that can get a lot of touches out of the ground, off the ground. Um, I think he's going to be a workhorse this weekend in Cincinnati. Love David Johnson. I'm also going to go with David Montgomery against Oakland. I love the opportunity there, like you have mentioned earlier on. Um, love the opportunity of David Montgomery this week against Oakland. Um, we've already just mentioned Keenan Allen leading the NFL in receiving yards. I'm going to go with Allen Robinson against Oakland. I'm going all Bears. Call me a homer if you want. I don't care. I'm going Allen Robinson against Oakland in London. I think the matchup's going to be good um, because everyone's going to be focused on Taylor Gabriel, who just had three touchdowns, even though uh, I believe he's out with a concussion. So that's a mute point. I just realized the fallacy in my argument. So um, (laughs) we're going to move on from that, and we're going to talk about Calvin Ridley playing Houston. Uh, Julio Jones is going to be obviously the guy that they highlight in that game. Most new is shown to be a very valuable target for Atlanta, that opens up the opportunity for Calvin Ridley, who is a big play guy. I call him Julio Pequeño, um, little Julio. If you uh, if you don't speak Spanish, um, I love Calvin Ridley in this matchup against Houston. I'm going to go Darren Waller, the only Raider I would play in this Chicago matchup, and Chicago has not really matched up well against tight ends. So I love this play against Chicago. I'm taking Darren Waller. Um, of the Oakland Raiders. In my flex spot, got to go a little bit cheaper, but I'm going to go Will Fuller. Um, I think that the the uh, attention is going to be taken away from him by covering up DeAndre Hopkins and trying to clog the box of that Carlos Hyde-Duke-Johnson combination. I think Will Fuller gets a lot of opportunity. And then I got to take the Bears' defense against the Oakland Raiders' offense. Nice, Mo. I, I will say I feel less confident now that I have heard your lineup. Uh, some sweet choices in there. I really I really like where you're rolling out this week. Yeah, I, I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about it. Um, there, there's think some spots you I'm not super confident in, but... Yep, I no. think I think you uh, I think you're looking good here, rolling into our head head. You might just take two in a row. We'll see what happens. But Mo, uh, I think that leads us into the last thing we have for this night. This night, tonight, the night that it is. This night, this very <laughs> one. Uh, our quick picks. Yes, the quick picks. The very best segment that we have during the NFL season. We got the quick picks and breaking news. Mr. Graf from Peru has sent me in his picks of the week. We have everyone's pick here on the sports hour. Um, so we are going to get, we're going to get everyone's pick. We're going to get everyone's pick. Don't nice. worry. Right on. Um, from another country. 
And Dallin sends in his picks. I love it. Um, Jordan, lead us off with the matchups. All right, Mel. The first game I want to talk about here is going to be the Rams and the Seahawks. I have the Rams in this game. I think we... Uh, we, we see a bounce-back game from the Rams. The Rams didn't look real good last week, uh, but I think the, the Rams right the ship, and they roll in and get a win here. Yeah, um, I like the Rams in this one, um, as does Dallin. Um, you, you know, you, you just got to – this is going to be game of the week. This is game of the week um, in my mind. I think it's a very good defense against a very good offense and a middle-of-the-road offense against a middle-of-the-road defense. So I think we're going to see a, I think we're going to see a high scoring affair, and um, I got the Rams in this one, and so does Dallin. So, right on, clean sweep. Following that game, we have the Jets. They're leaving the city of New York, and they're heading over to the city city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. I got the Eagles in this matchup. I like the matchup. Um, I think Carson Wentz getting back. Nelson Aguilar will be dropping no more babies. And we're going to have a Philadelphia win. And so does Dallin. Dallin thinks that way too. Yeah, I got the Eagles here as well. I think the babies comment sounds super funny out of context. If y'all have no idea what Mo's talking about, there was a, uh, a video that went out on Twitter last week of a guy who caught a bunch of babies as they were being thrown out of a burning building, which good for that guy. But then the television guy comes over and he's interviewing him and he's like, yeah, man, we're catching babies out of this building. Unlike Nelson Aguilar, that guy can't catch at all. And so he just super unnecessary Philadelphia fan coming at Nelson Aguilar pretty hard. But yeah, I I, uh, I got the Eagles winning this game as well, Mo. Very good. Very good, sir. Yep. So anyway, we have the Cardinals going to the city of Cincinnati to play the Bengals. And I think this is where we could get a little interesting as far as our picks go. Mo, I've got... The Cardinals winning their first NFL game this week. I got the All Cards right. over the Bengals. I have the Cardinals over the Bengals as well, as does Dallin. No We're kidding. We're going to go Cardinals over Bengals. Um, I, like I said, I love the David Johnson matchup. We're going to go Cardinals over Bengals. I think we're in the minority on this pick, and I'm actually surprised you guys both went with the Cards. I think uh, most of the general public and the spread are going for the Bengals to win this game. Um, so that was my my like counter pick for this week. I'm surprised that we all went cards there. Yeah, no, I love that pick. Um, following that, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are leaving the swamps of Jacksonville and heading over to the Carolinas to take on the Carolina Panthers. All I got to say to Dallin is keep pounding. I got the Panthers over the Jacksonville Jaguars. One of the probably not popular picks of the week. Dallin actually has Jacksonville over Carolina in this one. As do I. I have the Jags taking this game. I think we saw a lot of really encouraging things out of that Jaguars uh, offense and defense really uh, last week. And I think they keep it rolling against the Panthers. I was, I've was i not been super impressed with what the Panthers are putting on the football field right now. So I've got the Jags here. Alrighty, so I've got the Vikings and the Giants. The Vikings are leaving their frozen home in Minnesota, and they're going to an equally frozen home in New York. Uh, I have the Vikings winning this game against the Giants, Mo. 
Uh, I think the the Vikings combination of defense and and Dalvin Cook puts it on the field, and they just end up scoring a few more points than this Giants team is able to. So give me the Vikings. Yeah, uh, I think we're four for four here on this one, buddy. Uh, I got the Vikings as well against the Giants. Um, and as does Dallin, we are going Vikings over Giants in this matchup. Following that game, we have the Falcons. They are leaving Hotlanta to head over to the Lone Star State to take on the Houston Texans. Me and Dallin both have the Texans in this one, a dominant offense um, with a lot of weapons there. I think they're going to take the Atlanta Falcons handily in this one. I think we have uh, chosen the exact same way in every single game so far. I also have the Texans here. I, I don't see a reality where the Falcons will win this football game. So give me the Texans. That leads us to one of the more interesting matchups this week, Mo, in Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Uh, Tampa Bay, big offensive game last week. New Orleans we know to be uh, one of the more talented offensive teams in the league, but Drew Brees is gone, so we don't know what that is is going to look like. I have the Saints winning this football game, though. I don't think the Bucks continue. I don't think the Bucks do quite enough to hold off the Saints. I have the Saints winning this football game at home. Yeah, I think Teddy Bridgewater does enough. I have New Orleans beating Tampa Bay as well. Dallin has Tampa Bay over New Orleans in this matchup. Um, so a difference of opinion there for the first time in our quick picks. Um, following that, Buffalo, they're leaving Bills Mafia. They're headed down to Music City to take on the Tennessee Titans. I am all on the Bills Mafia train. I am riding the Buffalo Bills in this one. They're going over the Tennessee Titans in a close battle. I'm going to take it 2017 Buffalo. Uh, this is a sad day for me, Mitch. This is a sad day for me. Being, being an honorary uh, Bills Mafia member, I don't know if Josh Allen plays in this football game, and I think that sways my opinion a little bit. I'm taking the Titans to win this game, man. And it feels wrong. It feels gross. It feels dirty. But I'm taking the Titans, putting it on paper, putting it on, on a microphone right now on the podcast. Titans win this football game. All right. What did Dallin have there out of curiosity? He had Buffalo as well. Okay, gotcha. So I am I am the lone man out uh, taking the Titans, and that's okay. All right, that's going to bring us to the Patriots against the Redskins. The Patriots are going to be away at the Redskins. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get cute here. This is just going to be a Patriots victory. I don't think there's, there's much more to say. The Pats are just going to walk in and kind of run away with this thing. Yeah, no, I got I got the Pats as well, and so does Dallin. Um, I think the Pats win by a thousand here. Yeah, yeah, like this this <laughs> as uh, decided as we were when the Pats played the Dolphins. I am almost as decided with this Patriots Redskins game. Like it's just it's not going to be close. The Patriots are just going to roll. So let's talk about this Baltimore Ravens game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is an interesting game divisionally speaking. Um, the Steelers looked really good last week, and the Ravens looked really bad, but I'm actually going to project that switching, and I'm going to take the Ravens over the Steelers this week. Yeah, me and Dallin both have uh, Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Uh, this is just a, another clear uh, winner in this in this one for my book. Uh, I got Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Uh, over Pittsburgh excuse me. 
Um, following that game, the Chicago Bears are leaving the Windy City to head down to the Bay Area, the East Bay, and take on the Oakland Raiders. Um, I have the Bears. You got to be crazy if you think I'm not taking my Bears. Uh, I got the Bears over the Raiders. Actually, I misspoke. They're in London this week. They are in London. Bonjour. Um, bonjour. Um, so I got a, I got a Chicago over Oakland um, following. And Dallin actually has Oakland over Chicago. Oh, dude, this is going to be a bloodbath. The Bears are going to absolutely roll over the Raiders. Like, I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. We we already talked earlier about the Raiders' issues that they're having. Uh, this is the Khalil Mack revenge game, Mitch. This is the Khalil Mack revenge game. I don't know if Derek Carr is going to make it out of this thing on two functioning legs. Like, the Bears are going to win this game. It's, it's, it's not going to be particularly close, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Following that game, we have Denver. They're leaving the Mile High City to take on the Chargers in the City of Angels. I have the Chargers in this game. Uh, I just like this matchup. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon has a bounce back week, even maybe even if he's in a li- limited role. I like the Chargers in this one. Uh, Dallin likes the Chargers as well. Give me the Chargers. Clean sweep. All Chargers. Following that game, we have my Green Bay Packers leaving the Cheesehead Nation and heading to Dallas to go against the Cowboys. Uh, normally, Mo, I'd like to try and steal your line where I say, you got to be crazy if you think I'm not taking my Green Bay Packers, but this is a week where I am, in fact, not taking my Green Bay Packers. I think this is a game that the Cowboys win, granted by a narrow margin, but I think the Packers' run defense is going to be the bane of their existence in this game, and I think Ezekiel Elliott leads the Cowboys to a narrow victory over my Green Bay Packers. Yeah, I think we have a clean sweep in this one. Uh, me and Dallin both taking Dallas in this matchup. Uh, Green Bay uh, just uh, not going to match up well, I think, against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Following that, Sunday night football. We got the Colts. They're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Uh, it's hard to pick against the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs in this one. Got the Chiefs so, as well. So does Dallin. Yep, another clean sweep for the boys. Oh, yeah. Finally, last game of the week, we have the Cleveland Browns. They're leaving Believe Land to head over to the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Dallin has the 49ers in this matchup. I have the Cleveland Browns in this matchup. I also have the Cleveland Browns. I think the 49ers are... uh one of the undefeated teams that should not be undefeated. There have been a lot of victories that they have that have not looked great, and I think this Browns team has figured it out starting last week. So, yep, give me the Browns here. Browns all the way. I like that pick. Um, That's going to wrap up our quick picks, and that's going to wrap up our episode here on the Sports Hours slash Double Up. Jordan, I want to thank you for coming on for these last two weeks to uh, – to a guest host here on the sports hour. Um, and it's, it's been a good time, buddy. Yeah, man. It has been an honor. I thank you guys both for having me on. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. I, I really appreciate it. So it's been an outstanding time. Once again, before we leave, we'd like to plug our social medias. We want to encourage you to go follow us on 
Instagram at the Sports Hour Guys, on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. For the daily double up, you can go follow us on Twitter at Double Up DFS. You can go uh, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, leave us a rating. Tell us we suck. That's the only way that we can get better. Yes, sir. And and once again, Jordan, we want to thank you again for coming on here. And Dallin will be back next week. We will be back to our normal schedule on both ends of the podcasts. And we would like to thank you one more time for listening. And we will catch you next week. See ya. Bye-bye.